Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be for Acts chapter 1. So now we're getting into, uh, we've, we've had the life of Jesus and his resurrection, proving his Messiahship, his Son of God. I'll read an introduction to the book of Acts, since this is our first chapter. The book of Acts is Luke's account of important events in the church during the 30 years or so following Jesus Christ's mortal life. Acts shows how the early church taught the gospel first to the Jews, then the Samaritans, then to the Gentiles. Luke did not call the book the Acts of the Apostles, but simply Acts. Day of Pentecost, miracles testify of Christ, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Luke is the author of Acts. Luke uses as a theme in his writings, temple and house. Luke chapter 1 starts with Zacharias in the temple, seeing and talking with an angel. Luke 24 ends with the apostles worshiping in the temple. Acts 1 verses 12 to 13 opens with the the apostles returning to the upper room after the ascension and ends with Acts 28, 30 to 31 with Paul ministering out of his house. For Luke, the temple represents the ritual of worship, where the house represents the heart of worship. The genuineness of one's commitment to the gospel is truly found in how one lives the gospel in the home. Carefully examining Luke's writings will reveal numbers of stories taking place within the temple or house, or where both temple and house, either in name or implied, are found in juxtaposition to each other. That was by Bruce Satterfield. The book of Acts tells how the church and kingdom of God on earth operates when Jesus the King is not personally resident on planet earth. That's by Elder McConkie. It is probable that during this 40-day period, the church was organized into quorums and various offices. The four Gospels contain no reference to a complex church organization during Jesus' mortal ministry and tell only of a quorum of twelve and the seventy. A similar situation is seen with the church in this dispensation in which the offices of Bishop, Seventy, Patriarch, Quorum of the Twelve, and First Presidency were added years after the organization, uh, after the original organization. All right, let's start with verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all, the, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach. This may have been a distinguished citizen of Rome. He was a Gentile like Luke. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We know that certain esoteric, secret, and important things happened to the disciples of Jesus in Jerusalem as a part of the 40-day ministry. It was here, we believe, that they received an endowment. Luke 24 talks about them being told to stay in Jerusalem until they are endowed with power from on high. Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and others commented that Jesus himself gave the disciples during this period basically the equivalent of our temple endowment. That was by Hugh Nibley. In the four Gospels, the only church officers mentioned are apostles in 70s. It may be, therefore, that the Savior provided the more complex church organization, similar to what we know in the Latter-day Church during his 40-day ministry. That was by Robert Millett. 
Verse 4, And being with them, when they were assembled together, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the, for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. This promise was twofold. One, they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and two, they would receive a holy and sacred endowment, one reserved for the faithful and of such a nature as to prepare them in all things to work out their salvation. Verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. So they're asking if this, if they're going to have the second coming soon. But ye receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, among the Jews, and in Samaria, among the Samaritans, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth to the Gentiles. If you don't have the Spirit, you shall not teach, as, as it mentions in Second uh, Nephi 33. And now I, Nephi, cannot write all the things which were taught among my people, neither am I mighty in writing like unto speaking. For when a man speaketh by the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost carrieth it unto the hearts of the children of men. Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, they, which, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Why didn't he just vanish as he did with the two disciples at Emmaus? In his ascension, as in all else, our Lord cho chose to dramatize and teach a gospel truth in such a way that it could not be misunderstood. Here he is teaching the literal nature of his second coming. He stands on the Mount of Olives and ascends visibly. Angels attend. They reveal that his going establishes the pattern for his return. Thus, that Jesus whom the apostles knew intimately, whose immortal body they had felt and handled, that same resurrected person, personage who had eaten fish and in honeycomb before them now ascends personally, literally, as they behold. And so shall he come again on the Mount of Olives, literally, personally, in the flesh, as a, as a glorified man, as a personage of tabernacle. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, all eleven of the apostles were from Galilee. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. In other words, there's work to be done. Get to work. We must not spend our time worrying about his return, looking steadfastly into heaven for his return, but be but in preparing the world for the time of his return. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And this is about six furlongs or three-fourths of a mile. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zealots and Judas the brother of James. Probably the same room as the Last Supper in the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Verse 14, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Notice his brethren is mentioned. During the mortal life of Jesus, his brethren, Mary's other sons, apparently did not believe in his divine sonship. Now, 40 days later, they are numbered with the disciples. Paul tells us that James, one of his brothers, subsequently became an apostle. James may have also been the first bishop of Jerusalem and later an apostle and member of the first presidency. This is the last mention of Mary in the Bible. Verse 15, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Peter, as senior apostle, presided. The senior apostle 
is always the presiding authority on earth, and said the number of names together were about 120. So there's 120 in this meeting. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before, before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling, back, falling headlong. He burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Akeldama, which is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric or office let another take. They are considering now the qualifications for the next apostle. Verse 21, Wherefore, of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, this was a criteria they used at this time, but that changed when Paul was called as an apostle. Beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day when he was taken up from us, must be one ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two has been, thou hast chosen. This is generally how people are called to positions in the church today. We are not trying to find the next bishop. We are trying to learn who the Lord has chosen as the bishop. They asked the Father in the name of Christ to tell which of the two he had chosen. This pattern for working out a problem to, to the best of one's mortal capacity and then asking God if the solution is correct and also asking him to give each to give such other direction as may be needed is the standard revealed procedure for solving problems and gaining direction from on high. It is the way, for instance, that Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. That was by Brother McConkie. That he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. Verse 26, And they gave forth their lots, sustaining votes, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. If they cast lots, it was an instance in which the Lord chose the result. More probably, however, they gave forth their, vo their votes, presumably sustaining votes, to uphold him whom, who God had chosen to serve in the holy apostleship. As mentioned in, verse, in section 20 of the Doctrine and Covenants, no person is to be ordained in any office in the church where there is a regularly organized branch of the same without the vote of that church. But the presiding elders, traveling bishops, high counselors, high priests, and elders may have the privilege of ordaining where there is no branch of the church that a vote may be called. Every president of the high priesthood or presiding elder, bishop, high counselor, or high priest is to be ordained by the direction of a high council or general conference. I give unto you a servant, my servant Brigham Young, to be a president over the twelve presiding, over the twelve traveling council, which twelve hold the keys to open up the authority of my kingdom upon the four corners of the earth, and after that to send my word to every creature. And a commandment I give unto you that you shall fill all these offices and approve of those names which I have mentioned, or else disapprove of them at my general conference. So everything that's done in the church is to be done by common consent, by the sustaining vote of the body of the members. And so that's what's happening here among the apostles as they choose Matthias to be the 12th apostle here. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.